It is spring forward this Sunday. The 2023 daylight saving time is upon us. And we all know that sleep is always the talk when it comes to springing forward because we quote unquote lose an hour. We've got a sleep expert here to chat with us about it. Dr. Seti from Sanford Health, a sleep specialist. Dr. Seti, welcome back to KFGO Radio. Thank you. Okay, so what does a sleep specialist do? Do you try to prepare for springing forward with the clock, or do you try to make up for time with naps after we do it? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, keeping a good sleep hygiene is extremely important during this time because uh, for almost all of us, just losing one hour of sleep uh, is a big deal, Uh, at least for me, because I sleep for eight hours every night and just losing that one hour uh, certainly gives me a migraine in the morning. Uh, so having that uh, same duration of sleep is extremely important. So, yeah, I mean, uh, how do we adjust to this? Because we know what is going to happen this coming Sunday. Uh, so preparing ahead of time uh, is possibly the best way to do that. Uh, like adjusting, if, if if you're going to bed, say, around 10 o'clock, now going to bed at 9 o'clock is not going to just work. Uh, so gradually adjusting to the time, like going backwards by about 15 minutes, a night uh, would possibly help adjust to this change in uh, our sleep schedules. So are you are you adjusting for the week prior to this kind of change, or is this a multi-week process? Right. Uh, you could do either way, uh, but I would do uh, before uh, the change happens, uh, like 15, 20 minutes uh, ahead of time uh, going to bed and making up for the, the sleep, which we're going to lose on the Sunday. Tell us... Um... I didn't even know that these people existed, but circadian biologists, are those just sleep experts? <laughs> yeah, um, they primarily deal with the uh, with the uh, sleep-wake cycles. And, okay, the most important kind of sleep to get, I was just talking about this before we got you on the air, Dr. Seti, but I, I made the mistake of having my Apple Watch track my sleep, which has been very depressing because it turns out I don't really sleep that much. Um, but um, maybe good thing to make me more aware of that and to attempt to try to get more sleep. But it tracks, and I don't know how accurate these are either. Maybe you could maybe you could speak to that. Are these actually accurate, Doctor Seti? I don't know, and uh, I am a big fan of Android, and I have uh, this Google Watch for quite some time. And even that says I sleep only for six hours. So, but although I have been in the bed and I I don't wake up at all in the middle of the night. Uh, sleep for eight hours. And uh, many of the patients, too, they show me, they always bring their printouts and they say, you know, this watch and this Apple Watch or Google Watch is telling me that I get only 5% of REM sleep or just there's no REM sleep. I don't know how to believe them. Uh, At this time, they are getting better uh, comparatively. Uh, What these watches are really good for is to just have a a good assessment of are you getting the same duration of sleep over time or is it less or is it more rather than um, looking for it to give you a proper result of uh, on that particular night, did you sleep for so much duration and did you have a deep sleep or not? You know, um, my watch seems to be very accurate because I'll wake up and then I'll be like, but if I just lay here, my watch won't know I'm awake. And then it's like, you were awake for three hours last <laughs> night. And I'm like, well, yeah, I was. I didn't think you'd notice. Um, but it tracks deep sleep, core sleep and REM sleep. Whether it's accurate or not, what is the most important phase of sleep? Well, you need all stages of sleep, but certainly for memory consolidation or for refreshed sleep in the morning, you need a deeper stage of sleep. 
And most people just assume that the deepest stage of sleep is REM sleep. So when they get a dream on that particular night, they got a deepest stage of sleep, but that's not the true. The deepest stage of sleep is actually N3 stage of sleep. Uh, that's where most of the important things happen uh, in the sleep. So just because somebody did or did not get a dream on that particular night, uh, so they just cannot assume that, okay, I had a dream state of sleep, but that's the deepest state of sleep. Are, are there things that you can do in your waking hours that will improve the quality of your sleep? Um, or are, are there different, different uh, I, for lack of a better word, activities you can do throughout the day that will improve the sleeping portion of your day? Yes. Uh, so activity, physical activity, extremely important for you to get a good sleep. There is no question. And we always talk about, like, you just asked me a question on circadian rhythm. So it's a 24-hour sleep-wake cycle. So for you to get a good sleep and good duration of sleep and scheduled sleep, you need to be waking up exactly at the same time in the morning. That's extremely important. Even if you have gone to bed a little later, but just make sure you wake up exactly at the same time you're doing on a daily basis and get ex bright light. If it is a natural light, that's great. But, you know, unfortunately, we live in North Dakota. In wintertime, we don't know when the sun is, sun is going to come. Uh, but if possible, just get exposed to the bright light. The sunlight is great. Otherwise, even any of these lights are uh, acceptable, too. It, it, there are definitely days in uh, January where I think we all feel like we would just like to sleep in all the dark hours in North Dakota mm -hmm. and only be awake for the light ones. <laughs> but that's a lengthy night of sleep. That's right. Can you get too much sleep? Well, uh, th that is a problem. In general, if your sleep schedules are good and you sleep for about seven to eight hours, I'm talking in adults, and uh, um, you know, uh, if you wake up in a good mood, then your sleep is good. You don't need it. And uh, some people actually even perform great at seven hours of sleep. So you don't need more than that duration of sleep. Uh, there is no benefit to that. But if you wake up in a good mood and you still are sleepy, continue to be sleepy in the day, then we definitely need to see them. I mean, there is something wrong with it. Uh, so you are having now excessive sleep enough. So I'm, I'm thinking of the young parents in our listening audience and might not have that full seven hours, eight hours consecutive to sleep. Can you accomplish similar sleep cycles where you're breaking it up into pieces and maybe napping for a couple hours during the day? and sleeping for, say, six hours at night, or is that not as good? No, it is It is not. I, I actually read one of these articles where they were splitting the sleep. Instead of getting one continuous nighttime sleep, you know, you're just sleeping for, uh, like, a few hours. But you're still getting eight hours or nine hours of sleep, maybe. Uh, but you're just splitting the sleep, and that's, that's not the greatest way um, uh, for you to get all stages of sleep. So... Having one continuous stage of continuous sleep at nighttime is the best way to do. So for many years, doctor, um, I was amongst the group that was a snooze button in the morning person. I'd hit it a couple times every morning. <laughs> I've I've recently changed because I, I've read some things about how detrimental that can be to your morning routine. And uh, I, I just I'd like from your perspective, from an actual person who is knowledgeable on the subject. What does hitting that snooze even just a couple times do to your morning routine? Well, if your wake-up time is 7 o'clock and you keep your time at 6.30 a.m. Uh, so and so that, you know, you are snoozing it all the time, so you, you know, a couple of snoozes, so you wake up at least at 7 o'clock. So your sleep is actually more disturbed by doing that because now you're trying to wake up at 6.30. The alarm is going to wake you up at 6.30, 6.35, 6.40, and so... So better not do that. Just keep it at 7 if that is your wake-up time and just get up at 7 o'clock.
the wake-up time seems to be the most important thing we gathered out of this conversation. That's right. That is that if, if you're going to take one thing away, if we're going to learn something about our sleep habits and what we're doing, wake up at the same time. <laughs> that that is correct. That's the most important thing, and that's how the body resets itself for a 24-hour sleep wake cycle. Yeah, you know, my body loves to wake up at the same time every day. <laughs> Unfortunately, loves it. lately it's been loves more it. towards the middle of yes, the night. Yes, I the know. Morning. Lately it's been 2 a.m., but I'm trying to get it back to four. <laughs> I'm trying to get it back to four because two is just. Okay, Amy, a little too early, and and like clockwork, I was wide awake at 2 again this morning. I was, Amy, no, we are not making this our wake-up time. Quickly on our <laughs> way out, that that is a question that we raised in the studio, Doctor. If you find yourself out of your normal sleep rhythm, what's the best way to get back into the normal sleep rhythm? Waking up in the morning. So just try to uh, fix it to what is your wake-up time going to be. So whether or not it's a weekday or a weekend or a holiday or not a holiday, just make sure you wake up exactly at the same time in the morning, get exposed to the bright light, do not take a nap in the day, then your bedtime usually automatically fixes to itself. Mm, see, it's all about the wake-up time. <laughs> Dr. Seti, thanks so much. You know, we try to make this more complicated than it is, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <Maybe>. you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. This is It Takes Two. That was Dr. Seti. He is a Sanford Health sleep specialist here 